0: a text that has come in just regarding about some of the regarding some of the things we've talked about uh today uh this is a text from a uh, frequent text that rafael says about sex acts in parliament. In the last days, it shall be like Lot's days, Sodom and Gomorrah. It always starts in high places who seem to show the rest how it's done. Shepherds of Satan leading the world to destruction. Unfortunately, that is how the Bible describes the last days in which we live in. Mm. But the true shepherd will save those who want to be saved. Justice will triumph for all, in this case, for the abused women in Parliament. Wow. That's... Well written. Incredibly profound, yeah. Um, that we see, you know, we'll see on this side of the world, you know, we already see some of the consequences of their actions playing out. But we ultimately know that before Jesus comes back, you know, that there will be, that immorality will be at such a height in the world where justice simply won't exist, I believe there is a Bible verse in Revelation. You know, where is justice? Uh, but ultimately, like then justice will be served. Uh, then justice will be served, and restoration has happened. And that is the perfect segue to get into Isaiah sixty-six, where we've been talking about for pretty much this whole week. Um, today, we're we're. We're going to be focusing in on one verse that we talked a little bit about yesterday. Uh, but we're just, you know, as we've been reading through I, the book of Isaiah, sp- particularly the last half of Isaiah, mm-hmm. it's just chock full of references to Christ. You know, messianic prophecies. The reason it is, as we've gone over, is because, you know, the problems that Israel are facing and about to face with the captivity... Um, you know, in Babylon is fully because of their disobedience to God. Mm. Like they, 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 they brought it upon themselves. themselves. That's the consequences for their actions. And now, how Jesus functions, you know, the reason Jesus is brought up so much is because it's giving something to look them to look forward to. It's giving something for them to hope in that. Oh no, like a a healer will come a restorer will come. Like we will be brought, you know, uh, we'll be brought out of this. Even in Isaiah, you've got, you know, uh, the prophecies about Cyrus who would literally be, uh, to lead the people, you know, a a leader of the people out of captivity uh, in a political sense. But then it's like the messianic prophecies is like, but, jesus he's the ultimate solving you know the the savior he is the one who will solve not only the problem of that they're in you know a geopolitical squabble and they're about to end up in captivity and then they'll eventually come out of it and be restored as a nation but the underlying problem of all of it what led them into captivity was their sin yeah and jesus is the, the the savior jesus is the one who solves that problem in I don't the know ultimate sense. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if you guys have gone over this already but you know, there's
1: 66 books in the book of Isaiah or I Isaiah, as <laughs> you guys say. 66 chapters. Yeah, sorry, six, 66 uh-huh. chapters, um, which kind of match up with the 66 books of the Bible. So there's mm-hmm. 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. Mm. And so when you say the last, particularly the last half, those last 27 chapters really ramp up in messianic prophecies because um, it's very interesting when you compare and contrast uh, the the biblical books and the accounts mm. that are written as well as the chapters within isaiah and you get more and more especially chapter 66 talking about really the new earth and and heaven mm. as well as uh what we're gonna read here i believe is it verse 21 yeah yeah so um talking about this this whole concept of our role in the kingdom and yes. what we're supposed to be doing so yes, do we? Yes. Do you want to read 21 or do you want me to read it you can read 21 for okay. us blake please All right, here we go. Uh, Verse 21 in chapter 66. The Bible says, And I will appoint some of them to be my priests and Levites. I, the Lord, have spoken.
0: Now, we covered this a little bit yesterday and how this would be fulfilled, uh, both literally and spiritually. We talked about how this would be fulfilled literally in the sense that in the, in the previous couple of verses, it talks about the, the sending out of the Jews essentially, which, you know, that, and that they would be a sign amongst the nations. Now, this had a literal fulfillment in that when the Babylonian captivity happened, there were those who were, captives there were those who were killed and there were those who escaped Mm -hmm. and they escaped all over europe uh and we see that you know when we come down to the time of jesus particularly in the mission you know the mission trips of paul and it's like he rocks up to some like random greek city and there's synagogues there Mm. it's like oh man how did the jewish influence spread so far well because of the exile the exile because Jews did Uh, they had to they had to escape and and they became in a way a light to the people around them and we see again the fulfillment of that being like the perfect story is when we read about Pentecost in the book of Acts and how all the people you know descend upon Jerusalem to worship God in this time of Pentecost and And we see you know the the Ethiopian eunuch how he's coming all the way from Ethiopia to worship God and then you know he has the, the incredible story of being converted to Christianity and we Kind while of riding in the chariot. Yeah, while <laughs> riding in the chariot, the, the nobleman in the chariot. And and we trace that actually, you know, today. That is uh, the, the Ethiopian Orthodox's uh, church. It's their tale of, you know, origin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, it's th- incredible. It's so amazing. So we saw a literal fulfillment there of this prophecy, but we also see a spiritual one. Um, in the sense that, and, and and verse 21 really points this out. So, it's like that people will, will go out. The message will go out to the world, and what it will create, you know, it'll bring people back to Jerusalem. We said how that bringing back to Jerusalem is a symbol of people coming back to true worship, you know, all over the world, coming back to God, even though, you know, they've been in different cultures, different societies, so distant from Him, that they'll be coming back from God, but then God, will make them representatives of Him regardless of spiritual and cultural background. You're listening to Faith FM, Positively Different Radio. And that's what we pick up on in verse 21. So, wait, did you just read that? Yeah, I just read it. Yeah, let's just
1: read it again. And I'll appoint some of them. To be my priests and
0: Levites, mm. I, the Lord, have spoken. So we talked yesterday about how this isn't, uh, you know, a literal, yeah, you know, a literal thing that, that Gentiles would then becoming would be becoming sons of Aaron, mm. um, or Gentiles would not be becoming, uh, you know, sons of Levi, um, but rather that they would be becoming representatives of God. Because yeah. that was the function of the priests and the Levites. You know, I had the priests running the temple service, representing the people to God, you know, uh, like.
1: Well, it's interesting, but we don't have a temple service per se anymore because now the synagogue or the church is the people. Yes. Yeah. So there's been a real transition in, in mm. that, in that system because everything in the earthly sanctuary in the temple prior to the fulfillment of Christ as the the messianic prophecies came around and he was the Messiah prior to that the the earthly sanctuary and everything that happened in that place was actually pointing to Jesus there was Mm -hmm. pointing to the work that Christ would do for the salvation of our souls then post Christ there's no more need for sacrifice of lambs Mm -hmm. there's no more need for earthly tabernacle daily duties because Christ has fulfilled all those um those roles all those symbols uh, as they are uh within the tabernacle and now we are uh, the priesthood of all believers you know yes. uh, and I think we should go to that verse I think it's 1st uh, Peter
0: chapter 2 that's yeah fantastic before we do I want you to read one verse before we go there okay let's do that because this idea of God's people being representatives of him to the rest of the world doesn't just exist in the New Testament mm. uh, let's read let's go to Exodus chapter 19 actually. oh yeah okay 19 what, what verse we 19 reading? verse six
1: this is like god's original plan for what his people should have been doing
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh so good all right uh exodus chapter 19 we'll probably read uh verse five and six hmm, let me see yes let's read verse five and six yeah all right so now if you will obey me and keep
1: my covenant you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth for all the earth belongs to me this is God speaking. Mm-hmm. And you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel.
0: Yes. So I just want to point out something here real quick. So you know how in Israel you've got the 12 tribes, right? Yeah. And then you've got the, the sons of Aaron. Yep. Um, and... You, you had the 12 tribes and, you know, 11 of those guys, they were just vibing, doing their thing. Um, they're just, you know, being, being God's people. But then you had one specific tribe who that was their job to be God's representatives, to do the work of ministry, to, you know, run the service, run the sacrifice, official service and be, be representatives of God, right? What, how I read this is that it says that the, you know so, so it kind of functions that like you've got the rest of Israel and then you've got his ministers, his representatives. But what this is saying is that it's kind of upscaling that example that it's like, okay, so you know how the Levites function to you? This you is, will. That's how you will this function. How you need to function to the rest of the world. Wow! You'll become a nation of 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 priests. A You'll become of priests. a kingdom yeah. of priests. Like you will be representing God to the rest of the world. Wow! Now this was like I feel like this is so important because we can be so misinformed in the way that we uh, sometimes view the New Testament and view the idea of mission. That we talked about this a little bit earlier in the week. How you know the ceremonial laws given to uh, Israel weren't actually a bad thing. The problem was their heart. Mm. It's where their heart was at, and it's the same here. That like the 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 objective of Israel, Israel was not the problem. Like Judaism was not the problem. It was the hearts of the people that they had become insular. That they were, you know, they were practicing. We we talked earlier in the week about hollow formalism. They were practicing the rituals of God without having the heart and the meaning behind it. Anytime, well, actually, this is a really
1: sad. Thing, but it's true. Anytime you are more focused on how to nurture your church, Mm. you are becoming, you're doing the very thing that Israel did Mm. in the past, right? Because the whole purpose of uh, Christ's mission was to. Make disciples who then go and make disciples. Mm -hmm. And you, your character will be edified. Your church will grow. Your church will be built up the, um, when, when you're a part of church, when you're focused on reaching others and serving others. But when you're, when you're focused on, you know, we got to make sure that, uh, the music is, uh, to the best of our liking. We've got to make sure that the, everything looks nice. The carpet has to be the right color you know when our when our board meetings uh, are more about what's happening in the church and not what's happening about our outreach you're you're stopping growing right there and that's a growth stopper but we have been called to be a priesthood of all believers right a kingdom of priests that is reaching out to other nations so it's reaching out to the lost jesus says that he came to seek and to save yes. the lost right mm. so if we're supposed to be followers of christ representing what christ did Our purpose, our mission is to make disciples from the people who are lost, Mm. like to seek and to save them.
0: Let's go to that New Testament verse in, in the book of Peter, which, which, so it's
1: first Peter chapter two. And I Mm -hmm. think we start, it's probably best to start in verse four. Mm -hmm. Um, and it goes. All the way to nine. It's a lot. Is that too much? Nine, nah, nah, Go for okay, it. Okay, I'm going to go for it. Okay, so we're going to start in verse four. I love context. So here we go. Yeah. So first Peter chapter two, verse four. You are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. So already we have this symbolic language yes. that we're talking about. Uh, not just a physical temple, but God's uh, temple with Christ being at the cornerstone. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones. So the stones that build the temple, you're the living mm-hmm. stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Verse 7, yes, you who trust him recognize the honor God has given him, but for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. And here's the, this is the the clincher in verse nine, but you are not like that. Okay. So you're not going to stumble. You're not going to fall, right? You're not like that for you are a chosen people. You are Royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, You can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. And some translations say marvelous Mm. light.
0: I love verse 10 too. It says, who once were not a people, but are now a people of God, who had obtained mercy, but now, who had not obtained mercy, but have now obtained mercy, putting it within that. New Testament framework, but hearkening right back to what was said in Isaiah 66, Mm -hmm. that you people will come and I'll bring from some of you priests and Levites, this idea that God is calling people all over the world to be representatives of him in many capacities. It reminds me of that old
1: saying that says, everywhere you go, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Mm. So our lives should be a living communication of Christianity. So when people see us, they go, ah, oh, that guy's a follower, or this girl is a follower of Jesus. Not because of the things that we say, but the way in which we act. Now, the things we say and the way that we act need to be, uh, connected, or mm-hmm. else we become hypocrites. But in, but in reality, the way that we treat other people <laughs> That's all part of our communication process of bringing people into the family of God and,
0: and making disciples that make mm. disciples. And, and Jesus is very clear about this also. Mm. That that it's it's our actions uh, that represent. You know, it's it's his uh, call. Uh, you know, it's his calling out a call against the the Jewish leaders at the time that all they did was speak. Mm. Um, but even when they didn't speak, even when they acted, all they did was act in selfishness. Yeah. You know, we talked about the tithes they were giving a couple of days ago. How this idea of hollow formalism that they were just, it just existed for two reasons. One, because they had to, and two, because made them look good. And I think he called them whitewashed tombs. Mm.
1: That's rough. You know, like when Jesus says you're a whitewashed tomb and an empty sepulcher, like, uh, You got some problems with your Mm. belief system. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, heavy stuff. We're going to
0: keep talking about this. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay. Okay. Continuing on with the Bible study. We have about five minutes. We're just going to smash it out. It's going to be really good. So, I wanted to point, draw out something here that I just realized as you were speaking. Yeah. Interestingly. So... We talked yesterday about how this idea that's shared in Isaiah 66 that uh, that people would go out, be assigned to the world, and draw people back to Jerusalem, back to worship with God, and that some of them would be chosen as his representatives. It was a really revolutionary thing to the Jews. Because think about it, like, the reason they're in captivity was because of their sins, but they were caused by their mingling with other nations. Oh, interesting. And then now, they're being sent out. Right. To be a light to those people. Interesting. And so it's like calling them out of darkness in the marvelous light. Yeah, yeah. But but it's like, so we see that in Isaiah 66. And then we see a similar thing here where it's like he's sending them out. But notice what it says. It says that what will like that the, that the rock, um, is precious and will be a source of belief for some, but will be the thing that will cause some to stumble for other. And what this is talking about is, is Jesus himself and his message, like Mm -hmm. of, you know, repentance and self-sacrifice giving up self um giving up self and sin for for salvation essentially being a you know a self-sacrificial follower of god that that will cause some to you know to repent and and believe we see you know maybe like the healing of the lame man versus then you have like the rich young ruler it was rather it was a stumbling block i find that so interesting interesting because it was like there's a shift here in what's going on the shifting culture that what was the stumbling block before mm. was the, was the mingling with the nations and taking on their culture. But now God's making a point that like, no, you're a special chosen generation of earnest believers, of earnest followers of him that I'm calling out into the world. It's interesting to like
1: furthering on that point, like the, the old adage that says, you know, be, uh, Go out into the world, but not, don't be mm. of the world, yes. right? And so, as the priesthood of all believers, as followers of Jesus, we have this responsibility of somehow, you know, in a spirit filled way, um, prayerfully going out and as a sanctified people, people who have been set aside for a holy purpose, seeking to, uh, save that which was lost, bringing people back in, mm. but without becoming defiled ourselves. Yeah. And that can only be possible by the spiritual cleansing of the Holy Spirit within our hearts and within our minds.
0: And I feel like this is the point of this verse, is that it's not the world that will cause you to stumble but it's Christ. And and my reasoning behind that, how that makes sense, is that it's like, if you are my royal priesthood out in the world, if you're my representatives out in the world and you're connected to me, you won't stumble. Like, yeah, you, you will stumble. You know, and it's like, you know, the Bible is very clear that all men have sin fall into the glory of God. But it's like, in terms of like in the ultimate sense, the ultimate stumbling, being on God's side or, you know, for God or against God, it's not the world... Who are who will cause that to happen in your life? But it's rather your decision on whether to follow Christ or not. Wow! Because we're we're Gentiles, man. We come from the world. We're in the world. This is our life. Mm. Like this is our life. We're in the world, um, and and Christ has called us to the world to be missionaries to to share His light with the world. And the thing that will call you know the thing that will cause us to stumble isn't the world. Mm. but it's our relationship with Jesus whether we are choosing him or not choosing him interesting yeah
1: that reminds that brings us all the way back to the very beginning of the show we we're talking about door knocking you yeah. know <laughs> like very very in a real sense your life has been changed because people got out of their seat got out of their couch mm-hmm. off their couch and they went out to knock mm-hmm. on a bunch of people's doors, and they knocked on your door, yeah. and you didn't even believe at all. Um, but you just needed something different in yeah. your life, and then you realize, oh, these people are genuine, and these people, there's a light inside of them that I want as well
0: too. Mm. And think about like the, the you know, what I was coming from. You know, I was uh, drinking and and you know, clubbing and like doing all this stuff, and and yeah, the point that the Bible is trying to make here is that yeah, you won't, and this is the 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 example of Jesus, you know, your faith and your mission and everything won't be defiled by associating with these people. Mm. But rather you can be such a powerful influence to them. We also have to, you know, as long th- th- as you're connected th- to yes, Christ. As long as you're connected to Christ yeah. because you will be led to not do those things. There's that balance there, right though, where we're like we're not conformed to the world. We're in the world, but not of the world. Yeah. And it's you know, it's it's powerful that this illustration goes all the way back to the Old Testament. This has always been God's call for us. Amen. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Larson. But now it, we have come is come to the question <laughs> of the day. <laughs> Blake, Whoa. Blake was not expecting. I was
1: not expecting that at all. I just nearly fell out of my chair. Okay, wow, I
0: love it. I was like, "Question of the day," and then it's just
1: you laughing. <laughs> I'm sorry, wow, yeah. that just caught me off
0: guard. I didn't know there was going to be music in my headphones. That's so good. All right, so Blake, we're switching up a little bit today. I'm asking okay. you a question. Oh, okay, wow. All right, Blake. All right. You- you good? I'm ready. ready to go. Okay, <laughs> It just caught me off guard. Yeah. Okay, so um, I wanted to ask you a question. We've talking about mission, uh, you know, being the hands and feet of Jesus. How that, you know, we we it to, talked about door knocking, how that works functionally. We talked about looking at Isaiah and Second Peter, how that works theologically. But I want to ask you now because I f- I feel like you are involved in an awesome example of being the hands and feet of Jesus and spreading His message oh. and being His representative around the world. Um, you are the pastor of Raymond Terrace Mission Church, which started as a couple years ago as a church plant yeah and so i just wanted to ask you about church planting and what that is and you know what is the purpose and what is it trying to achieve so
1: a while ago i took a quiz on spiritual gifts Mm -hmm. and uh, in that quiz uh which is a great quiz and i encourage other people if you don't know your spiritual gifts there's some awesome resources out there and i took this quiz and my first like spiritual gifts, so it like ranks your your spiritual gifts. It was apostleship. And I was Mm -hmm. like, man, what's apostleship? I don't know what that is. So I had to look it up. And it it essentially means when it's talking about a spiritual gift is those who are sent out into a foreign land to start a new church, right? Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, okay. And this was right when I was planting this church um, Mm -hmm. in Raymond Terrace. And so apostleship is kind of like this Concept of starting new churches in new places. Mm-hmm. And we, we go all the way back to the book of Acts. This is how the church. Plant, or this is how the church spread throughout the world. We talk about evangelism and the need for evangelism. Well, statistically, and according to the research that we have here, the most effective form of evangelism is planting a new church. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so planting a new church is the process of going to a new area, whether it's a new country or a new state or a new shire or county or wherever it may be Mm -hmm. that, uh, and, and starting uh, a church that is based on uh, the, the life and the teachings of Jesus Christ okay mm. so church planting is this idea of building something up building a church family up where there is previously not one and i 've been doing that since two thousand and sixteen uh, building up the the church at Raymond Terrace and I have to say i 've probably learned more about what not to to do, uh, <laughs> than to actually learn about what to do in church planting. And, but I've also learned that in church planting, uh, mistakes are actually just learning opportunities. They're not actually yeah. mistakes. Uh, and so we've made a lot of learning opportunities along the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, God has really blessed. And, and the big thing I would say is prayer and, and asking for the Holy Spirit to just saturate everything that we do, you know, just mm. to come and pour out and fill our hearts and our minds and the, and the church family. And so church planting is really this idea of, of starting new churches and new places. And if, uh, for the listeners who are out there, if you're thinking, uh, about planting a church, my answer would be go and do it. Like it mm. is such an incredible experience. You'll never know everything that you need to know, um, until you actually start doing it. Just like door knocking. As mm. simple as go, you don't know how to door knock until you go door knock. You don't know how to plant churches until you've actually gone and planted churches. Mm. So. I
0: don't know. Does that answer the question? It does. but You know, I, I, it makes my, you know, the gears turn in my head because it's like, oh, just get out there and do it. And of course, like, you know, uh, there can be, like, so much support. This is a work that we want to see happen. Like, uh, you know, we live in the North New South Wales Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Fully. And it's something that, like... You know, we have a church plant director, and you know, Sven, and uh, who who will be on the show actually on uh, tomorrow.
1: Yeah, if you want to plant churches, talk to Sven. Talk to Sven. He can help and hook you up we, with all the resources.
0: Yeah, resources. There's so much out there that can help you know. Because uh, I'm a part of another church plant now, but you're yeah, having that team around you and just getting it done. Like it's such a powerful, powerful thing. So absolutely, thank you so much, Blake.